Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, Internal Medicine, is with us again tonight to talk about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. If you have a question and you want to talk to the doctor directly, make a note of this number. It's 800-859-0957. We'll repeat it throughout the show, but this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical show here on 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us again from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, always a thrill to have you on the show, giving us all kinds of information. And my co-host, Siobhan, out there in Munich, joining us where it's midnight and the weather's probably better. So let's start with the show. Dr. Collender, what are you going to tell us tonight? Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. Uh, today we're going to talk about the mistakes that happen out there. And they're not really mistakes, but just why the system is broken. And we alluded to many times that we all know somebody who's had a heart attack or after having a full normal workup, they told they're told they're okay. So Someone who's a regular listener to the show uh, joined the practice, and I had a chance to meet him. And this is someone who is a victim of the system. And Can you define what a normal workup is? Not to interrupt you, but what sorts of tests would con be considered as a normal workup? No, that's a great question. So the normal workup is a standard lipid panel, which is just your basic cholesterol, triglycerides, HDL, which is your good cholesterol, LDL, the bad cholesterol, and then a couple ratios. Um, and then, so for whatever reason, this doctor, this patient's uh, PC, former PCP, referred him to a cardiologist. Again, no particular reason, and he, or maybe he had a cardiologist. So I have to caveat as I just met him and we, I was reviewing his case. So, uh, I'm still learning everything I need to learn about him, but uh, this story is haunting to me. So the cardiologist does what he does, which is get an EKG. He had him do an echocardiogram and a stress test. So he did all those tests, which are great. And of course, <clears throat> if you pass a stress test, the take home message is that you're okay. And if, the doctors, and he had two doctors overlooking his cholesterol management, and if they're doing what they think they need to do, then you're okay. So a couple weeks after his normal cardiac workup, and I'd say this is a pretty standard cardiac workup, stress test, lipids, echocardiogram. A couple weeks later, the guy wakes up, and he's in the cardiac intensive care unit, having had a heart attack and apparently he's lucky he, he woke up 
Yeah. Oh, he was out for a couple days. That's amazing. I mean, imagine the fright. I mean, I can't even imagine it. I mean, you, you see your doctor, you get a clearance, you think you're doing okay, and then you wake up in the hospital days later. And what he said, you know, you know, I'm not using the exact words he said, but like, what the heck, you know, when he saw his doctor, I just had all these tests. Why am I laying here? Why did this happen when I was cleared? And of course, there's no answer because there's no recognition that people that have a heart attack can have a normal stress test. The stress test is just screening for people that need a surgery at that moment. And it's not that that person developed a blockage, you know, from plaque in the two weeks after his workup, he ruptured a plaque. And the most common person to rupture a plaque has less than a 50% plaque buildup. And that that is not an amount of plaque buildup that causes any symptoms or triggers an abnormal stress test. You would imagine a cardiologist, a cardiologist should be the number one person to know that, though. That's, that's what's most shocking to me is that's, that's supposed to be the specialist of all of this. Well, you know, we've... Uh, We've been talking about how all of the doctors who are practicing population medicine are failing their patients because the fact that the system doesn't allot for prevention doesn't mean that they shouldn't as doctors be finding the way to best take care of their patients, but they're not. So if you're, and we want to talk about this in much more detail as we go through the show, but for the average listener, if you're not having a doctor who can take the time to really investigate preventive tools, you've got to leave. And that means leaving anybody who primarily takes insurance because insurance doesn't cover prevention and never has and probably never will. In fact, I just got detailed, you know, from a drug rep on a medicine that was newly indicated for heart failure. The problem is, in order for this drug to be covered, you have to have heart failure. There's no room for recognizing that you will or won't have heart failure before you actually have it. And that's how our system is. You can't have a drug for a problem or even recognize that you have a problem until it's happened. And that's not prevention, that's reaction. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, we'll go into more detail about why a stress test doesn't work, why it's a waste of time to get one all together, why would even someone get an echocardiogram, um, and then why, you know, why are we being told that's okay? And all of the other things that this person had that were missed, he has many root causes, they were all missed. He's lucky he survived. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, well, obviously we're out of time. I'll come back and talk about it on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to prevent or reverse disease, don't hesitate to call 800-859-0957. Again, it's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD. 
internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan, and specialist in prevention. As a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and many chronic conditions, he's here with us tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. Through advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we're now able to arrest and reverse the progress of these silent killers. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And I just want to say a word to our listeners. If you have the ability to get on Facebook, we always discuss during the break some stuff that we have to come back and repeat again but there's always a lively exchange of information going on in between the break if you have access to uh look watching the show on facebook don't hesitate to do it well dr collar you're telling us about this catastrophic situation you have a patient who was given all the normal tests the sad thing that i said on the break which i'm saying again is that I think the population, they have this God complex about if I'm being sent to a specialist, quote unquote, a cardiologist, there's no way. I'm, I'm in the right hands. Nothing can happen to me. I'm getting the tests. And my question to you is, why are the cardiologists not doing the necessary tests? Why are they still doing Mickey Mouse tests? Well, why just include cardiologists? Why not call, you know, add in all the primary care doctors, endocrinologists, you know, anyone who has an opportunity to recognize a condition that they treat before the condition starts are all complicit in missing opportunities for their patients. And everyone is, you know, really obliged to follow the FDA, which requires diagnoses to be made in order to get treatments that are approved by the FDA and covered by insurance. It's really the whole thing is that if it's not covered by insurance, it's not okay. And that's been a brainwashing. Um, you know, other things in our lives for which we have insurance, we know that we have to pay out of pocket for maintenance, except health. We assume that there's no maintenance on our health unless it's covered by insurance. And that's the problem is that because preventative opportunities are not recognized by the system, as established by the FDA and the insurance companies, we don't have these chances. So we're all ingrained in that the if it's not FDA approved, then it's not covered by insurance, it's not good. And that's our problem. So there's no way to identify plaque in a, an insurance process. There's no way to identify that you're at risk to become diabetic until you are if you're based on insurance. Okay, well, let's, Siobhan, you've got a caller. Let's yeah, take we have David from David from Windsor on the line. David, what's your question? Yes, my question for Dr. Colander is this. We often hear many cases of doctors having a lot of malpractice suits against them. That would would not be possibly due on the one hand of misdiagnosed conditions on people and undiagnosed heart conditions. And I've asked the question before, but I'll ask it again. When you walk out of a doctor's office, they give you a clean bill of health. The next thing you know, you, you, drop, you pass, drop dead of a heart attack. What can you suggest about many, many doctors being, being filed, called out for malpractice? What can you suggest about that for those that are not, not properly diagnosing the person's heart, 
health condition. Well, thanks, David. You're really setting me up to have all my mm-hmm. all my colleagues really hate me. So um, more than they might already. <laughs> so the unfortunate reality is is that this patient had everything done properly by the level of care that we have in this country. But whether the level of care is not coming up to the proper I, I, standard not, of care. I'm not disagreeing with you, but if this, again, I'm not a lawyer, but if this went to court, it would fall into the category of things happen that were out of control. Right. Now, if the standard of care were greater, then, okay, missed opportunities were had. So mm-hmm. let's talk about this guy's missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. But And then next segment, hopefully we'll get into... Why is a stress test a total waste of time? So this guy, of course, had insulin resistance. And if you're a regular listener, you know that the insulin resistance is the process of becoming diabetic. And you do not need to be diabetic for that process to impact your health. So this guy is not diabetic. His hemoglobin A1C, which is the blood test used to manage diabetes, is rock-solid normal. But it's obvious to me by the patterns in his lipids that we did that he has severe insulin resistance that was ignored. So, of course, now he's on. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to jump in. Why was it ignored? Because it doesn't have a diagnosis. There isn't isn't a diagnosis for insulin resistance. There's no drugs indicated by your insurance company to treat insulin resistance. But it is a warning sign that something's wrong, that you well, need to dig deeper, because well, that's we, what you're doing. I know, but we're in a circular conversation. It's, of course, no one's doing it. So you're asking what, we're saying, what was missed by this guy? So they missed, they didn't recognize he had insulin resistance. The second thing is, he probably has sleep apnea, and we're testing him, we're waiting for the results. Not identified. I'm going to say the odds are 99.9% that he has sleep apnea, not identified. The other thing he has is he has elevated uric acid. And as we've talked before, anything that generates inflammation in your body, like psoriatic arthritis, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, um, all those things can cause heart disease. So gout, which is very common, can cause heart disease. It's an independent contributor, independent of your lipid measurements and treatments. That um, And so his PCP, somewhere down the road in the past, because he hadn't had a gout attack in 10 years or whatever it is, stopped his gout medicine, and his uric acid goes up. And even if you don't have gout and you have a high uric acid, that's an independent risk for disease, and all of or any and all of these things could have tripped this guy up. And when I'm talking to him, he's like, no one's ever told me any of these things. I was told I was okay, and none of these things were mentioned. Um, I mean, so to David's question, is stopping gout medicine in someone who's had gout um, malpractice? Um, in my opinion, yes. You know, you should, that's, you do not stop gout medicine in somebody, even if they've not had an attack in years, because we know now that gout is a chronic disease. Even if you don't have symptoms, the, the elevated uric acid, even if it's mildly elevated, generates an inflammation 
that contributes to other chronic diseases, specifically heart disease. And there's a lot of research that shows if we treat the gout, you lower your risk of having a heart attack. And maybe that is the one thing that tri- tripped that guy up. Maybe it wasn't the sleep apnea. Maybe it wasn't his insulin resistance. Maybe it was just the gout, the, the, that the doctor stopped his gout medicine, and that was it. I know, but I'm, quite, I'm not quite understanding why this panoramic, you know, uh, sample of symptoms that, that, a, that a patient has. Why you have no is, symptoms. Well, that's the thing uh, is you don't insulin prevention, rec- but that, there's no symptom there. It's a, it's a but way of... But he had a diagnosable mal- malfunction. It's I mean. not diagnosable because there is no diagnosis code for insulin resistance. Well, how resistance. do you find out your patients have insulin well, resistance? Because I know that insulin resists. I look, at, I look at the labs. There isn't a specific blood test for it. But I'm, I elicit patterns from what's there. And we can talk about that next segment of what is it, you know, what are the patterns we've looked for? And we've talked about that a lot. But it's because there isn't a drug for it, doctors don't recognize it because all they have time to say is, hello, here's a script, goodbye. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a script for that problem, there's no treatment or recognition of it. Well, that's not, a, <laughs> that's not encouraging for the people that may be uh, candidates for the next heart attack. But right now, we've got to take a quick break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. I don't know yet. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800 800- Eight five nine zero nine five seven. So, Dr. Collender, over the break, while we're on Facebook, and I'm encouraging everybody who has access to Facebook to watch us on Facebook because we talk about a lot of stuff on the break. But, I mean, we're talking about a specific patient who had a horrifying example, and his example was that he, you know, had a heart attack. Well, you know, we'll talk. What I really want to talk about is why did this guy go through a cardiac workup um, he had an echocardiogram, a review of his labs and treatment by a cardiologist, and a stress test, which he passed fully. And then he was told that he's okay. And then two weeks later, he wakes up in the cardiac intensive care unit wondering, what, how the hell did I get here? So let's take a call, then we'll yeah, Okay, go ahead. We have a caller, Catherine, now. Yeah. Or Siobhan, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, Jeanette from Grass Lake on the line. Jeanette, what's your question? Yes, I'd like the doctors to address the importance of dental care, especially for seniors. And what's difficult is uh, a lot of times dental care is not covered by insurance. I'll hang up and and take that as um, the doctors could address that as a preventative for full health as well as heart. Well, thanks for calling. And, you know, so dental care does contribute to heart attack and stroke. And may I say before you continue that it's pathetic 
that it's not covered and even more pathetic that those people who do have insurance are getting like a thousand or two thousand a year which is nothing so they're spending that on their you know hygienist and whatever filling they need and they're certainly not getting the preventative tests that they need to get from their dentist but let's move on ahead that's another failure of the insurance company and to that end i would say dental care should be medical care because now we know that there's dozens of diseases attached to bacteria in our mouths that cause these diseases so one of the things i do in my office is a test that recognizes the burden of these various bacteria specifically the ones that are related to chronic illness and just like we said sometimes there's only one trigger one thing that puts somebody over the edge sometimes it's oral health everything else we're doing the best we can the person still has plaque. They're still actively making plaque. We go treat their oral health with an expert, and it gets better, and their arteries heal. So it's very important at any age to maintain good oral health, use a water pick, see your dentist, make sure your gums are healthy, and, of course, ask your dentist to identify the diseases in your mouth that specifically contribute to chronic illness because... That's a data point you can follow. These are all things that you can measure over time. Am I lowering the burden of this bacteria in my mouth? And that's, they're all important. The problem is you've got, you know, maybe three or four or five dentists in the entire listening area that are doing what you're saying they should do, which is being medical dentists and doing this pre-diagnostic work and diagnosing the bacteria in your mouth that leads to these serious right. diseases. Unfortunately, cosmetic dentistry has become very popular. Right. And the time in that chair is costly to the dentist if they're not putting in implants. So oh. you've got to pay a you gotta pay for an implant to get your teeth taken care of. Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's again it's the love affair that Americans have with their insurance companies. What can I say? I don't know how you challenge that except to tell people and the listeners that, you know, it's incumbent upon each listener to know that they've got to push the envelope and they've got to not be in love with their insurance company anymore. Well, insurance is really for catastrophic injury and we're right. letting people know that this is prevention is not covered. And so even though you think your insurance company is the end all be all for healthcare, it does not cover prevention. You've got to go outside of that to get those services. And that means you've got to find them on your own because your doctor doesn't know how to do anything except what's covered. So what are is covered is a stress test. So here, go back to our patient who passes his stress test and then has a massive heart attack two weeks later. And, you know, so why does this happen? So the reason stress tests failed this person is because a stress test is not recognizing plaque at risk for rupture, which is what caused this man's heart attack. Stress tests recognize only plaque that is currently blocking blood flow and those people who have stable plaque and when i say stable there are people who make stable plaque that doesn't really rupture that doesn't put them at risk for an unexpected event and they progress to a blockage that causes symptoms and that person would fail a stress test the rest of us that don't have symptoms do not have a blockage that's more than enough to cause poor blood flow during exertion. 
Yeah, I think there's a massive misunderstanding even amongst people that I talk to in you know their 30s, 40s of what really causes a heart attack. The thinking that it's really based on blockage rather than plaque rupture, which is just a huge misinformation gap in what people are being told about where heart attacks are coming from. And Siobhan, you'd be surprised to recognize that doctors may not know. And even if they know, the practical answer is they don't have a way to find it. So they still think about stress tests as a, you know, a way to find a blockage. Um, so this is just not news that's out there because it's not actionable to your doctor who takes insurance. So they see an abnormal EKG or the person has uh, some symptoms. I mean, a stress test can be the right move if you're having angina, meaning you have typical heart symptoms, crushing pain, tightness, shortness of breath, irregular heartbeats, nausea, sweating, usually with exertion, meaning with stress. You know, so if you're putting your body through a stress test and with extra exertion, the blockage that you have now isn't enough to get blood flow to your heart because it needs more, but that blockage stops you from getting more, then you have angina. But our patient had a subclinical plaque that was very angry. Subclinical meaning he had no symptoms. It wasn't blocking flow. He didn't pass his stress test because he doesn't have a flow problem. He has an inflammation problem. And a couple of weeks later, the inflammatory plaque ruptured. A clot formed where that plaque was to heal it, just like clots do. And the clot blocks the artery, and that happens in 10 minutes. So he had no symptoms of the rupture. The clot blocks him, his heart stops, and he's gone. And then he's just lucky he got found and resuscitated and wakes up in the hospital. And this is why people drop dead. Um, and a stress test is not going to find that for you. Getting a stress test on an asymptomatic person is like, playing pin the tail on a donkey. You know, you're blindfolded and you're just hoping you hit someone who's got a plaque that needs surgery. And even if you find a plaque, all the cardiologist is going to do, or your PCP is put you on a statin, you know, which is not wrong, but they're not looking for all the other things that cause uh, inflammation and contribute to disease. They think they're done with the, that one move. So and in then, other words, it's, it's primarily ahead, used as a tool to screen for whether you might need surgery. That's it. Right, exactly. That's My all point. any exactly. blood flow test does is screening for surgery. So a CT arteriogram, a stress test, a, a, an ultrasound. So even though we use ultrasounds, they're looking at inflammatory lesions, not blood flow. Anything, anytime you walk away from a test that says, well, my flow, my blockage, you just wasted your time and your money, mm -hmm. and your hope. Yeah, that's really pathetic. I don't know. I mean, people just need to wake up and be their own advocate because the numbers aren't going down of heart attacks. Anyway, we need to take a great break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, don't hesitate to call 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957.
You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Okay, Dr. Collender, the final segment. Before we get into the final segment, I just want to let listeners know if they are looking to find out about these tests, where to get them, what tests they need to have, they're welcome to call you at 866-COLANDER, 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. I'm sure your office will be happy to guide people in the right direction. So let's finish off this discussion about this very lucky but unfortunate patient who went through the system and still had a heart attack. Well, you know, it's hard to keep going on this conversation, to be honest, because, you know, if you were listening on Facebook, this thing devolved into it's a total waste of time to see a doctor in the United States, period. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's really that's our conclusion. Helpful. That's not, I that's mean, that's our not, conclusion. It's a total waste of well, time. We don't have if any this choice. guy can go to his PCP, have his gout medicine taken away, which probably triggered his heart attack, goes to see a cardiologist, does all the right things, and he has a heart attack, what's the use? Now, Amri will say, all right, this would never have happened in my office. Never, ever, ever. We do the right things, which we're not going to go into detail. But and you're we got a population a of one, and we've right. got a caller. Let's say well, the caller. this place is a joke. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, go All right, ahead, so Sean. We have, we have, we have Mary Ann from Clarkston on the line. Mary Ann, what's your question? My husband has had a tightness in his chest, and it causes nausea and uh, he gets very lightheaded. We've gone through all kinds of testing, and they can't find anything wrong with him. His family has a history of AFib, and I'm just wondering, good. you know, I'm listening to what you guys have been saying, and what type of test should he be going, undergoing to see if he does have a heart condition that's going undiagnosed? Great question. Perfect timing. We're glad Bravo. you called. Yes, got me off my uh, negative <laughs> soapbox. soapbox. So. <laughs> The things that we do in our office that are not done in 99.9% .9 of other doctors are we do an ultrasound of the arteries of your carotid where we can see the lining of your artery, not what's between the walls, but we look at the walls that measure risk. And those, if we see your plaque there, we take measurements that correlate to risk. We do blood work that measures plaque activity and and if those are all good, you need a CT calcium score to identify the presence of plaque based on calcium deposits that are left by healed plaque. So you need to identify whether or not you have plaque, number one, once you've done it. Then you want to find all of the conditions that can contribute to heart disease, such as sleep apnea, insulin resistance, gout, um, bad lipids. Uh, genetic issues, which are manageable, just because it's genetic doesn't mean you can't do anything about it. Um, you know, and there's others that we do that look at that we got to go through all of them and address them in the right person. So that's what your husband needs to be sure that it's 
you know, is it vascular or not? And if you go through that process, you can say pretty confidently that it is or isn't. For instance, I had a patient call me on Monday that she had chest pain. That she's, I mean, she's describing angina on the phone. And I looked at her chart. She has a normal CIMT. She has a normal calcium score. Her inflammation markers are okay. I told her, it's not your heart. Take some antacid pills and see me. And then she couldn't see me for days um, based on her schedule. And I had felt no worry at all that I was missing her chest pain. I 100%, it was not her heart because of the tests that we did and we saved her an ER visit and we worked her up in the office for non-cardiac chest pain. So you can, you know, you can really rely on the process. And so that's what your husband needs to do. And that's what everyone needs to do. You need to identify the disease, the disease, which is plaque, and then systematically go through all the things that cause plaque and address them aggressively. And that's how it's not that hard. I hate to say it. My job's easy. You've just got to do all those things, and no one in the practice, no, no one you know will have a heart attack. It's not I can hard attest at all. To this because your story reminds me of my husband, who is also a patient of yours. And you know, every once in a while, he'll say, "Oh, my chest is hurting" or something. I'm like, "Well, we know for sure it's not a heart attack, and there's <laughs> nothing wrong because he's had the CIMT and he's had the CT calcium score test, you know, and he's gone through the whole panel of testing. So it's it's an amazing relief to know that if that's if someone you love says that, you can say with confidence, like. All right, we know at least you're not having a heart attack. And he's also had the oral test for the oral bacteria to identify what kind of pathogens are in his mouth. Yeah. So well, he's that, clean. Of course, but I'm and, saying ruling out at least the cardiac-based, you know, risk level is is a huge relief. And and I and again to the caller, um, I don't know what tests they've done, but let's just assume they did a stress test and they did a uh, some type of arteriogram, you know, whether it's a CAT scan. Um, None of that tells you because there could also be microscopic artery issues, which are also identifiable and measurable through different blood tests that, again, no one does in the standard system because you don't have time or, and it's, you know, getting insurance to cover those tests, forget it. But it's important to know if you're having heart symptoms and you don't have an answer. So that's... You've just got to go and get those things done and, and sort through it, and it's not that hard. It just no one does it. So just, just to summarize this before we uh, close down, the, your husband needs to get the CT calcium scoring test and the CIMT. If he hasn't had these tests, then right off the bat, he's been shortchanged. And whether his doctor does it or doesn't do it, then find a doctor that does it. Because as Dr. Collender has said and as Siobhan has attested to, you know, those are the tests that are going to identify plaque, not the not the stress test and not the uh, cardiogram and all of the other Mickey Mouse tests that are covered by our insurance, which is Mickey Mouse insurance. Unfortunately, those tests are not covered by insurance, but they are very inexpensive. We're talking about like $100, $200. They're really not expensive at all. They're not covered by insurance. We're not quoting prices on the air. We're not quoting prices, <laughs> but people sometimes when they hear it's going to cost money, they're all frightened and thinking, oh, well, wow. Well, I mean, what's your life worth? No, I, exactly. You know, I mean, what's your life worth? What's it worth to have heart failure and have to be pushed around in a wheelchair the rest of your life or, you know, you can't breathe, you can't go to your parties, you can't go to your kid's graduation or wedding because you can't right. walk down the aisle because you can't breathe. I mean, 
it's really not, you know, it's just something you've got to do. So, you know, and the same goes for cancer. I mean, now we can identify stage one, stage two cancer right. with, with simple blood, test, blood right. tests. Now, you got to pay for them, but it's, you know, thousand bucks and you know that you don't have any of those cancers or we got to go on a witch hunt looking for it. Better than getting a diagnosis that you're going to die in three months. Yep. It's all there and it's not, it's out of the general system for which is useless. So, I mean, the tests are out there, everyone who's listening. And if you can't remember what they are, feel free to dial 866-CALENDAR, 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander will tell you again what tests you need and how to get them. So, Dr. Colander, final word. Oh, well, it's uh, do not rely on the current system or doctors working within the system to assure you that you're okay because there's nothing about what they're doing can tell you that you are not. You got to assume that you're in bad shape and you need to fully identify your Don't processes. rely on your insurance company either. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Thanks again to my co-host, piping in from Munich, Siobhan Cronin. Thank you, Siobhan, for being with us. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7 for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night and be well. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.